This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Read Harder 2021. Book Riot's annual reading challenge is back. Once again, Read Harder 2021 has 24 tasks designed to help you break out of your reading bubble and expand your worldview through books. With new genres, new authors, and new points of view, the challenge will hopefully help you discover amazing books you wouldn't have otherwise picked up. Read romance by trans or non-binary authors, non-European books in translation, middle-grade mysteries, and more in this year's challenge. Go to bookriot.com readharder to get the full challenge task list and to check out the prizing for those who complete the challenge. That's bookriot.com readharder. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 96, and we are recording on Tuesday, February 23rd. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Nezra Javed, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Nezra. How are you? I am good. How are you, Katie? Well, I'm doing a little bit better. The weather's warming up a little bit. It's above freezing. <laughs> The bar is so low, but I'm like, you know what? It was sunny today. It was almost 50. The snow was melting. There you go. It was beautiful. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. uh, As always, California is taking things to the other extreme. It's like super hot here. All of our rooms feel like uh, humid. Air is closing in. So, you know, just a regular... Like, <laughs> I feel like summer's here already, but yesterday it was around, like, I think 45. So, you know, the usual upside down weather. But yeah, it was definitely nice to see the sun. And yeah, things are looking up, it seems. Yes. And I will also say for if we have any listeners who are in Texas right now, I hope all of you are doing okay, that, that you were able to get through the unbelievably bonkers storm and that your housing situation is fine. You're not dealing with burst pipes, that you can get water and essentials, because if you live in Texas, you know it's a mess right now. But yeah, hopefully all of all of you are doing okay. And that was that was kind of seeing that on the news made me go, hmm, you know what? Maybe, you know, it's a little extra snow in Chicago wasn't too bad. We've got friends that live in Texas, and they were telling us their stories about being without power, and it's... Winter's terrible. (laughs) And I know some people who are, like, without water, and their their pipes burst, and, like, one of my friends, uh, she is doing, like, a study program, and she doesn't know a lot of people there, so she didn't have any backup places to go to, and with COVID situation, like, finding hotels that are following the protocols as hard, and it was just a mess. So yes, definitely. I hope everyone in Texas is doing like doing well. They're found. They, they've got their power back. But yeah, yeah. That and even 
And I know that Texas has its own has its own issues with the power grid and all of this, all of this other stuff. But looking at that, I was going, I was going, wow, that's that's a pretty intense storm, even by Midwestern standards. And we yeah. we get some pretty intense storms, <laughs> some pretty intense winter storms. And I'm going, mm, you know what? That one, that really, that really sounds, yep. sound, sounds like a struggle. So yes, yeah, so hopefully you all are hanging in there. If you're listening to this, hopefully that means you have power or that. That you have enough power to use to spend listening to us so which we appreciate <laughs> yes all right um and why don't we go ahead and jump in with our first sponsor this episode of red or dead is sponsored in part by crimson lake road by victor metos the harper lee prize winning author a string of grizzly killings one last investigation she'll solve the case or die trying when a killer inspired by a series of grisly paintings terrorizes a rural community outside of Las Vegas, retiring prosecutor Jessica Yardley is the only one who can catch him. But in order to track him down, she'll need to turn to her ex-husband, a serial killer who's now on death row. By the time Jessica realizes that pursuing this case is a deadly mistake, it's too late to turn back. Can she catch the killer, or will she become his next masterpiece? Find out in the second book in the Desert Plain series, available wherever books are sold. That's Crimson Lake Road by Victor Metos. Thank you for sponsoring the show. All right. So if you are a new listener to Red or Dead, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. As always, we are delighted to have you with us on so many of these episodes. And so like I said at the beginning of the show, we talk about mysteries and suspense and anything that falls under that umbrella, whether it's movie adaptations or true crime or related subgenres or author read-alikes or anything that falls under that category is pretty much fair game for us to talk about on the show. And this is the part of the show where we put out a call to our listeners for suggestions for upcoming episodes, because they really have helped us plan so many episodes in the past. They let us know what you all are interested in hearing about. They introduce us to new topics and new authors, and it's just really fun hearing what you all are interested in hearing us talk about. So if you have any ideas or recommendations, you can contact us. We'll have our email and our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes, but we always put out the call at the beginning of the episode to get those juices flowing, put your thinking caps on, see uh, if you have an idea, make sure to let us know. And even if you don't have an idea and just want to say hi, we love hearing from our listeners. It really, it's, it's so much fun to know that there are, that all of you are out there listening to us every two weeks and it just makes us so happy. And if you really enjoy the podcast, you can also leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us. That's also really helpful for us too. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into our news segment, which will kick off with kind of a, a big piece of news that dropped today. Nezra, why don't, why don't you, you do the honors? Yes. So I'm, I'm very excited for this one. So Hillary Clinton is teaming up with Canadian mystery writer Louise Spenny to co-write a political thriller called State of Terror, and it's hitting the shelves on October 12th. 
It tells the story of a newly appointed U.S. Secretary of State who must solve a series of terrorist attacks. And it is being jointly published by Clinton and Be- uh, Penny's publishers, uh, so Simon & Schuster and St. Martin's Press. Um, it takes place after a four-year presidential term that pulled America away from the world stage. <coughs> <coughs> A novice Secretary of State is appointed by her political rival, and shortly after, the country is rocked by multiple terrorist attacks. Uh, and, uh, like, if for anyone who has loved Andrew Schaefer's Hope Never Dies uh, series or the James Patterson and Blaine Clinton uh, political thriller, you can mark your calendars from right now. And just for any th- uh, political thriller lover or thriller lover in general, get ready. <laughs> yeah, I was when I saw this, I was like, "Oh my gosh, the Clintons are really trying to corner the market on yeah. political thrillers." So we've got Bill, who got Bill Clinton and Jimmy P over here, and then we've got Hillary Clinton and Louise Penny. And when I heard Louise Penny, I was like, "Whoa!" Like James Patterson, it almost like didn't surprise me. Like it's almost like James Patterson is such, you know, he's such a big author that it just, I'm like, well, yeah, of course he would team up with Bill Clinton to write a thriller. Like, yeah, he teams up with everyone. But Louise Penny is like, she, you know, she's a very prolific author, but she's also a very, seems to be a very thoughtful author. And she writes a very different type of mystery and suspense novel than James Patterson does. And so as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, this'll be interesting this will be really interesting so this will probably be this yeah this is kind of like the year of the political figure thriller whatever because bill clinton and james patterson have their second book coming out this summer and then stacy abrams has her book coming out in may and so we've got this one. So now I'm like, do we start taking bets on who the next politician is who's <laughs> going to be writing a thriller? Like, I don't know. Does AOC have extra time on her hands? Like, I am ready for that. I would 100% <laughs> sign up for that. Yes, I would 100% sign up for that, too. <laughs> but this maybe this is going to be like a new trend in mystery and and suspense publishing is pair up a current or still very heavily involved political figure with a best-selling mystery author and then watch it climb to the bestsellers. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting just because it's sort of taking the uh, political narrative into, like, taking control of the narrative, but also playing around with it. So uh, it's always fun to watch how the authors sort of bend it. So I'm, I, and you were, you're so right. I, I didn't make the like connection before, but the Clintons have really gathered like powerhouses in their corner. So they have James Patterson and then the other side, they have Louise Penny, who, like I was mentioning before, people are, like, people who love Louise Penny, they've read all of her books. And I mean, and I think she has around 17, 18 books and they've read all of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it should be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, I I am really I'm really excited for this. Um and the other thing that I wanted to mention before we jump to our next item is that one of the things that readers really love about thrillers is that a lot of thrillers kind of give you like that insider look at a particular whether it's a particular industry or profession with, you know, legal thriller, medical thriller, 
whatever the case may be, but political thriller. So that, because you're teaming up an author with an established politician, like, it doesn't get any more insider than that. Like, they, like, they're directly putting their own experiences into the story, which will make it really interesting. All right. And then we've got a couple of adaptation news items we wanted to mention really quickly. Uh, first up, The Perfect Girlfriend by Karen Hamilton will be adapted as a TV series. And this book came out, I want to say, in 2019. Sounds about right. And it's very much a domestic thriller Perfect girlfriend, this woman is really striving to be everything that her significant other wants her to be. And so it gets very, it gets very dark. It gets very creepy. So there, it's just kind of natural fodder for a TV series, especially with the popularity of You, um, which was written by Caroline Kepnes, which is kind of a same premise. There's one person who's like, obsessively wants, wants to be the, the main person in this other person's life. So so be a TV series and what I did not realize which is really cool. So they have they have cast Anna Friel to play the main character for this TV series and Anna Friel played the character of Chuck on Pushing Daisies, which I did not realize until I skimmed the article and then I looked at her photo and went, "Oh my gosh." So if you really liked her on Pushing Daisies, you know, however many years ago that was, 10, 12 years ago, get excited. <laughs> yeah, so she's going to be starring in this show, which is about as far away from Pushing Daisies, like, <laughs> thematically as you can possibly Definitely. get. So if nothing else, this will show her range as an actress for sure. So once we have more information about this, we'll make sure to share an update. But I thought that was really cool. I haven't read the book, but um, I was excited to see the casting update for that. Yeah, I went through the uh, synopsis when I saw like the adaptation news, and I was like, "Huh, I wonder how this." Because she, because uh, from the synopsis, it's like she plans this elaborate uh, revenge plan and. I won't spoil the rest, but it's just uh, like I, I was, I was intrigued. So I, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for either like the book or or the adaptation for sure. So our next item is uh, New Pictures is adapting the Haunting of Alma Feeling by Kate Summerskill as a TV series. I, I haven't read the Haunting of Alma Feeling, but it is uh, based on a true story. And it's about a young housewife, Alma Fielding, who begins to experience supernatural events in her suburban home. Objects shatter, vanish, or take flight, assaulting Fielding and her family. And reporters see it with their own eyes, and it's just compiled into an account, uh, which is a mix between telling a story and like something out of a newspaper. And I am so intrigued to see how this plays out on the screen. Especially because uh, th we've seen uh, there's an increase in trends with The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, it's, this genre seems to be translating well on screen. And it seems like the, the directors who directed The Plot Against America and Downton Abbey are the ones who are like, in charge of this show. So I am super interested. And I know for sure that I'm going to be picking this book up soon just because uh, horror is right down my alley. But then make it a true story, and I am like 100% in. So yep. it's <laughs> The Haunting of Alma Field by Kate Summerskill. 
Yeah, and the uh, I can't remember when this book comes out. It comes out this year, and I don't remember if it's already out or if it's going to be coming out shortly. But if it's not out yet, it will be soon. But yeah, I'm 100% in agreement that this book just sounds super intriguing. And I think, yeah, I think it'll make for a very, very interesting adaptation on the on the screen. So yeah, and then if you end up getting to the book before me, please let me know how it is, because it sounds really good. Yeah, and you know, for a fact, we're going to be discussing it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, so I to jump into our main topic for the episode, we this is a belated topic, but Valentine's Day was, well, by the time you you all are listening to this, it'll be almost two weeks ago. <laughs> but we decided to do a belated kind of valentine's day episode but give it the red or dead treatment so so nezra like in the show notes she puts love is in the air was is we'll see (laughs) so we're picking books that feature romance or romantic relationships or marriages in some form or another and so nezra agreed to take the romantic suspense kind of side where these books, it's like there's a romantic relationship, it's in the romance category that just happens to be a suspenseful plot, and I took the much darker side of there's a romantic relationship or a marriage at the heart of the story, and you know it's not going to end well. (laughs) So why don't we get started with the happier side of the spectrum? Why 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 don't you tell us about your first pick? Yeah, so uh, this is one of my favorite, absolute favorite genres. But I did find, uh, while I was looking for the perfect picks, I did find that it does suffer a lot from, like, there are a lot of the reads were historical more than contemporary, or it, uh, at least to the limit of my knowledge, I couldn't find as many in contemporary settings as I could in historical settings. So I think that might be just because historical settings make for just very interesting, like, you could, there's so much you can do with them. And uh, there's so much information you already have at hand. Or again, like I said, it also could be the limit of my knowledge. But I I was 100% up for it because that's, like I said, historical mystery and romance. Oh, I'm there. <laughs> so the first pick I have is The Lotus Palace by Jeannie Lin. And Jeannie Lin is a very famous historical romance author. Her books are so... They're transportive. Like, if it, I don't know if you've ever read her uh, romance novels, but it, her books are like, they take you to a different time and place, and it's uh, set outside of, you know, your typical Regency or your Victorian era in a completely different landscape. And it's her writing and her personality. That's the thing that I love the most about her. Her pers- She has a, such a fun personality, such a friendly personality, and it shines through her writing. So this one in particular is the first one in the series from the Ping Kong Lee Mystery Series. And the third book in this series actually just came out last year called The Hidden Moon. And it takes place within the Ping Kong Lee district, which is a district of courtesans. And this book has everything. It has a mystery, murder, and then it also has like our heroine's journey to like self-discovery and self-acceptance. So we have uh, Ye Jing, who is street smart, she's practical, and she's content, like living, living as she is. But uh, when she meets the aristocratic playboy, Bai Huang, who uh, she can 
and they're torn together to uh, solve a murder mystery, she starts to question if there is more that she can want from life. And it's just, it was, uh, I, I, this is a book that I'm actually currently in the middle of, and it's, it's just, it's delicious. And it's, and like the murder mystery is so well done and the historical element. So a lot of, in my experience, historical mysteries suffer a lot from, you know, because you have to like put in details about the time you're trying to paint as well as make it fast paced as well as develop characters. But Jeannie Lynn, she manages it at all excellently. So I cannot recommend this book and especially if you enjoy the historical romance genre and you enjoy it when it comes together with the mystery genre or if you're trying to like get into and if you're, or if you're a mystery fan and just want a taste of the romance genre. So it's The Lotus Palace by Janie Lynn and it's the first in the Pink Kongli mysteries. All right. So yeah. So to take it to the completely other end of the spectrum, I picked The Marriage Pact by Michelle Richmond as my first pick. And this one actually surprised me because I mean, it, it's dark and I will, You'll see why very quickly. But the darkness is not within the relationship that's central to the story. It's not a gone girl type of relationship. Like, just like my husband and I, we we watch Gone Girl on anniversaries. We watch we watch those kind of twisted thrillers on Valentine's Day and anniversaries because that's just how we roll. So that's kind of what I was thinking going into this book. And it's actually the the relationship at the heart of the story. I mean, that's that's what the story is all about. But it's not it's not a gone girl type of type of relationship, which surprised me, like I said, because that's kind of what I was what I was looking for um, in some of these books. But this still definitely fills the requirements for this topic. So anyway, so the story features Alice and Jake, who have just gotten married. They've been in a relationship for a few years. And Alice is a former singer in a well-known rock band. Jake is a therapist. And so they they get married and they get this very odd wedding gift from someone who comes to their wedding. And I can't remember what was in the exact gift, but it's an invitation to join this group called The Pact. Automatically, warning bells should be going off in your head. This does not sound like a good idea. So Alice and Jake apparently have never seen a thriller film, have never read anything that would seem to indicate that this is a bad idea. And so they sign this agreement to join the pact. And it has a manual that they have to read and memorize about rules for marriage. And they like, you have to give your spouse a gift every month and it has to fulfill these certain requirements you have to travel with your spouse or you have to plan plan some kind of getaway once every quarter and it's very very regimented and very rule focused and with anything like this if there are rules then there are punishments if the rules are broken and that's where that's where the crux of the story lies so this premise is not 
unique in that it's it's I've seen this before in other books and other movies where you join this this group or this society that's supposed to be really helpful for you and in fact it's actually like physically torturous and really kind of scary like big brothers watching kind of thing but what set this story apart from other examples of of this storytelling trope is that at the heart of it Alice and Jake want to work on their relationship. They want to strengthen their marriage. They want to be supportive of each other. And because Jake's character is a licensed therapist who has just started uh, working with married couples in marriage counseling, there's a lot of thought put into, into the story about how marriages work, how relationships work, what some of, like, as a therapist, the red flags that he sees in relationships. There's a lot of talk about, like, you know, statistics, what, you know, what is, what situations are more likely to point to a long-lasting marriage. So it's a very, very page-turner type of book. Like, I checked this out as an ebook. I was thumbing through the pages on my on my phone. Like it, this was a very fast read. And it is very it is very suspenseful, but there's a lot of thoughtful discussion about marriage and what it takes to make it work. And as someone who, you know, I've, you know, my husband and I, we, you know, we've talked about these things. We've done couples counseling before. We've d- we've done our own individual therapy. So it really makes you stop and think about you know, how relationships work, what you're giving to the other person, what ways are you maybe not showing up for them in the way that they need you to. And so it becomes kind of an insidious type of thriller because, yeah, the this group, the pact is, you know, is horrible in how it dishes out its punishments. But at the same time, there are, you know, in any relationship, there are places where you could improve. There are, there are times where you made a decision that did not affect your spouse well. And so you start thinking about these things, and then it becomes less of an outright, like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And the lines start to blur a little bit. So it was a really interesting book. The ending was a little rushed. I, there's a lot that happens in like the last quarter <laughs> of the book. So there are some things that I wish that they had maybe talked about more or that there's some plot lines that maybe didn't get explained or um, by the end of the book as much as I would have liked. But this was a really, really interesting one. So again, that is called The Marriage Pact by Michelle Richmond. I was getting major My Lovely Wife vibes from this, yes. like from the story. So I like that was one of my, like I was reading it and I couldn't figure out why I was, I couldn't stop reading it. <laughs> Yes, very, very much, very much so. It's it, it's it's kind of a compulsively readable book. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna like, yeah, I've added it to my list already. <laughs> All right, so before I turn it back over to Nezra, I do have our second sponsor for the episode, which is Smoke by Joe E. Day. And this is published by Mulholland Books. Smoke is the latest book in the IQ series, and IQ's full name is Isaiah Quintabe, who is a young unlicensed detective from East Long Beach, and he's with his masterful sidekick, Juan L. Dodson, and they find themselves at a crossroads in this latest installment of the IQ series. So Joe Day is a crime writer's crime writer, and this is supposed to be such a 
such an excellent novel with desperate souls, courageous outcasts, truly evil villains, and there's there's really complex plotting and sharp humor, a keen eye for the ways in which characters rise and fall based on their connections to one another. And this is just supposed to be a really, really excellent book. So Joe E. Day has just gotten so much acclaim since he published the first book in the series, IQ, published that a few years ago. And he's gotten praise from the New York Times, Chicago Tribune, Washington Post, other crime writers, has won awards. And this is just such an interesting series. And it's really, I've read the first book before, and it's really like if Sherlock Holmes took place in the LA Projects. Like it's so it's just a modern twist on a classic. And these books are just so cool. Such a such a cool cast of characters, an underdog story. It's just it's just got so much going on. So if you have been keeping up with the series and are excited for the next book, or if you just are looking for something new to dive into, definitely check out the IQ series. The latest one is called Smoke. That is by Joe E. Day, published by Mulholland Books. And we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. Yeah, uh, Joe Ide, um, his series, IQ series, is one uh, that I have had my eye on for the longest time, especially since it sounds like a grittier Sherlock. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've ha- heard so many Walter Mosley comps to it. So yeah, that's definitely one on my radar. Yeah, I, I've I've only read the first book in the series. I'm a, I'm a notorious like I'll read the first book in a series and then not continue with the Same. rest of them. But the but IQ was really really good, and that's actually one I picked up a, a copy of in the hopes that I would be able to get around to rereading it again. Because yeah, it's very very gritty, very smart, and just yeah, really really cool crime series. All right, my second pick for the other, the happier side of romance (laughs) is Proper English by K.J. Charles. So this is like a Agatha Christie style historical country house murder mystery, but throw in a romance between like two fabulous heroines who know, like who are badass in every way. The setting is an old like old house in Scotland where a shooting party is being held. So we have our heroine, Pat, who is a superb shoot. And she's looking forward to spending some time with her older brother, Bill, and her best friend, Jimmy. But uh, upon her arrival, it seems that there are more guests than she signed up for. And as as the gathering starts and everyone starts interacting with each other, a lot of tension begins to develop. So it seems like someone like their lies going around their secrets and then the weather turns nasty and everyone's trapped inside and then as as it goes a murder is done so it's like it has that close through murder mystery elements but it also has like romance like romance thrown in there which just escalates the tension then we have the dynamics between different like different relationships like friendships there's an engaged couple who seem perfect in paper but they're really not and then weather gone bad there's all this panic and upheaval and it's um it's it's a fantastic read especially if you're like if you're an agatha christie fan or you just enjoy a mystery set in like with a very uh, english setting where the dialogue is witty and paints a very vivid picture so like i uh, my personal preference for mysteries is a lot where 
dialogue is subtle, but it also helps paint a picture. So uh, and this accomplishes that perfectly. So the book is Proper English by K.J. Charles. I'm really glad that you talked about this book just because I have not read any of K.J. Charles, but I keep hearing her recommended so many times by more established romance readers. And I've been meaning to pick up one of her books and haven't been able to bump it up on my TBR, but I am definitely adding this one because I've been, yeah, I've, I love a good classic mystery. And yeah, this just sounds really interesting. So yeah, shout out to my pal Vanessa, who she's like my romance reading buddy. She also co-hosts the episode All the Books Once a Month. So she was the one who recommended this book to me that she said, you know, like, I know you're into romances. I know you're into mysteries. Read this now. So yeah, I like thank you very much for the recommendation. And I am passing it along to all of you that it's fantastic. <laughs> all right. So once again, taking it to the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> we're going to give people whiplash with this episode. Yep. <laughs> so if you listen to my the last book that I talked about and what you gosh, Katie, you know what I really wanted kind of a gone girl type of relationship I wanted one of those books to read for Valentine's Day. Well, I do have a Gone Girl-esque type thriller for you. And I did talk about this book a couple years ago on the podcast, but this is it's I haven't talked about it a lot and this this book was was a mind bender for sure. So, this is called As Long As We Both Shall Live by Joanne Cheney. And this is also a super page turnery book. Like I think I finished this book in like a day or two, maybe. It was one of those like you can read it in a couple sittings, and if anyone tries to interrupt you, you'll be <laughs> you'll, you'll like snarl at them and make them go hide somewhere till you're finished reading. So the tagline for this book says, "What happens when you're really truly done making your marriage work?" So this is like the exact opposite of the marriage pact, where the goal <laughs> is to have a strong marriage that lasts for life. So this couple, Matt and Marie, they don't want that. The book also says you can't be married to someone without sometimes wanting to bash them over the head. And my God, isn't that true? So, <laughs> so the book starts with Matt and Marie. They are hiking. And Matt tells the park rangers and says, I th my wife, I think she's dead. They were hiking. She fell off a cliff into a raging river below. There's, and so they have to, they started a search for her body, but they're not hopeful because there's no way anyone could have survived that fall. However, Matt's first wife also died in suspicious circumstances. And when the police pull a body out of the river, they have a lot more questions. So they bring in the police and they want to know if Matt is a grieving twice unlucky husband or is he a cold-blooded murderer? And so they start digging into the Matt and Marie's life together to see what they can unearth. And there's a lot to unearth there. Let me just say that if you think you know where this book is going, you're wrong. <laughs> Because it will change directions on you so many times. If you like plot twists, this book has them. If you think you've gotten to the last plot twist, keep reading. Because this book is just full of them. And this is 100% this is a story of just a nasty relationship that is, that's conniving and it's vicious and it's nasty and it, oh my gosh, it gave me so much, like, 
sick pleasure reading this book. Like, I remember reading it and my husband was reading the back of the book. He goes, I don't know if I want you reading this. I don't know if I want to go hiking with you anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was like. I Yeah, that was the other thing, too. Like, we sometimes like to go hiking. He's like, I don't know about this. And he's like, do I have to tell someone that if I mysteriously disappear that they need to investigate you? <laughs> so, yeah, so this this book was a lot of fun. And, yeah, it was, it's just such a page turner. And it's really surprising, like, I was really thinking, like, when this book came out, that this was going to be, like, oh, my God, all over the place. And it didn't really get the attention that I thought it would. But, yeah, a lot of fun. And just, yeah, just a lot of really wicked fun. So, again, that's called As Long As We Both Shall Live by Joanne Cheney. That sounds fantastic. And uh, since, like I mentioned, this is one of my favorite genres, so I just couldn't stop picking books for this one. <laughs> so uh, my next two books are honorary mentions. So the first one is The Boy in the Red Dress by Kristen Lambert. And this is a historical mystery and a romance that is set in 1930s New Orleans. Just like I was mentioning before, it has a, like it transports you to New Orleans, and who doesn't want to go to New Orleans? I want to go to New Orleans. <laughs> yep, and it's like and the and the murder, it, like if for this one, for those of you who enjoy more murder or mystery than romance, this is that. This has more focus on the mystery than romance, but the romance is very subtly and very tastefully blended into the narrative and it also features like a female female romance as well as a male male romance so it's it's a fantastic diverse um historical mystery and romance which uh, which i really enjoyed and which i think uh deserves a mention here and then the second one is which has more contemporary setting but i wanted to stay clear of that because we talk about her so much you'll see it in a minute it's the salary man's wife by sujata masi and it's set in contemporary tokyo and we i feel like we, we were just one step away from making this the sujata masi show <laughs> so <laughs> i i just wanted to but i did want to throw it in there um just because it's fantastic again like uh, no one can do a setting better than her and this time she takes you to like a contemporary tokyo setting there's an archaeological dig but there's also like kindling romance so yeah that's uh, so the two books are the boy in the red dress by chris Lambert, and then The Salary Man's Wife by Sujata Masi. All right. So if you have any other suggestions for us, whether they are on the romantic suspense end of the spectrum or on the really nasty Gone Girl-esque side of the spectrum, let us know. I These are real, always really interesting reads, and it's, it's a trope that's just so rich and there's just so much room for different interpretations that there are a ton of books out there. So if you come across any that you thought were really interesting, let us know. And with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into our new releases segment, which when I was looking at what books were coming out in the next couple of weeks, apparently they saved all of the mystery and suspense releases for March. Because like the first week of March is like nothing is nothing but mystery and suspense releases. So we kept this one short because I think we it's either like, okay, we either limit it to like two books or we're just going to be talking forever. So <laughs> the first book, which actually comes out today on February 23rd, so by the time you're listening to this, you can pick up a copy. This book is called Confident Women, Swindlers, Grifters, and Shapeshifters of the Feminine Persuasion by Tori Telfer. Tori Telfer 
is she's written other historical feminine feminist view uh, true crime books before. Like she wrote a book called Lady Killers, which was about female serial killers throughout history, which was so interesting. Oh my gosh, I love that book. So this is her latest one, and it's about con women. So if you think of recent examples, you think of Elizabeth Holmes with Theranos and the whole bad blood situation, or Anna Delvey, where she was the the fake German heiress that scammed people out of like tens of thousands of dollars. And these types of scammers and con people, they've been a part of our culture and fascinated us for years. And the art of the con, even though we think of a lot of men as being part of this crime tradition, so to speak, there have been a lot of female con people, con women as well. So this book goes all the way back to 1700s Paris, where Jean de Saint-Rémy scammed royal jewelers out of a necklace by pretending she was best friends with Queen Marie Antoinette. In the mid-1800s, they talk about Kate and Maggie Fox, the sisters who began pretending that they could speak to spirits and accidentally started a religious movement that was soon ripe with female con artists. And there are examples that just pop up all throughout history. And I will bet you that you have probably never heard of any of these people, except maybe the Fox sisters. I have heard of the Fox sisters. But the way Tori Telfer writes, like in her last book, Lady Killers, she devoted a chapter to a different female serial killer. And each chapter was so fascinating. I'm like, I would read a full length book just about this person and their their life and their crimes. And I'm really hoping that this is just another example of that. So Confident Women asks this, the provocative question, where does chutzpah intersect with a uniquely female pathology? And how were these notorious women able to so spectacularly dupe and swindle their victims? So again, that is Confident Women, Swindlers, Grifters, and Shapeshifters of the Feminine Persuasion by Tori Telfer. And that is out now. And uh, for the second pick, we have Lightseekers by Femi Coyote. That is going to be out on March 2nd from Mulholland Books, so mark your calendars. It's about a respected Nigerian psychologist who travels to a remote southern border town to uncover truth about the murder of three university students. But here's the thing. So his name is Dr. Philip Taiwo, and he is not a detective. He is an investigative psychologist, an academic more like, who is interested in figuring out why of a crime that rather than actually solving it. But when he steps off the plane and into the dizzying frenzy, he soon realizes that he is not at the center of something that has gone cold, but rather is something that's very much happening in the present. And his observations become central to solving or getting to the bottom of this before it happens again. And it's thrilling, it's atmospheric, and at the same time, it also captures the contemporary Nigerian political landscape and it just captures the intersecting of worlds and uh, narratives. And I think um, 
Anyone who enjoyed the um, Missing American or the, the African Noir series by Quake Warty is going to love these. And it sounds so intriguing and it's uh, like vivid and transportive. So like I am excited for this one. So the book is Light Seekers by Femi Coyote and it's out on the March 2nd from Mulholland Books. Oh my gosh, I don't know if you saw, but I actually for... For books that I'm reading now, I put uh, I I just started The Missing American by Quake Quarty like today. <laughs> oh my goodness, amazing! So ah, so I'll talk about that more in a minute. But wow, that's that's funny. I love that. Um, and then real quickly, I did want to give a quick shout out to another true crime book that is coming out on March 2nd, and that is called The Babysitter: My Summers with a Serial Killer by Liza Rodman and Jennifer Jordan. And Liza Rodman is the one she's re telling her experiences. But when she was a kid, she had a babysitter in the summers when she was out of school. She really liked this guy. He was a really cool guy. And it turned out that he was a serial killer. This was during the 1960s. And he was, I'm trying to, his name was Tony Costa. And I don't know what, if he had a, if he had like a serial killer name, but In the late 60s, it came out that he was a serial killer, and it wasn't until decades later that Liza realized that her babysitter, who she really liked, was actually the same guy who killed women um, in in the New England area. And so she's written a book about that, kind of coming to terms with the fact that this guy who her parents entrusted, they they trusted this guy to take care of her was committing horrific crimes. So the premise of the book is being compared to The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule, which talks about Anne Rule's friendship with Ted Bundy. And I am a sucker for a serial killer true crime book. And this one sounded really interesting. So again, The Babysitter, My Summers with a Serial Killer by Liza Rodman and Jennifer Jordan is out on March 2nd. And that was one I wanted to put into our most anticipated episode. But of course, there's only so much room. So (laughs) yeah, uh, if there was ever a sound to show chills running down your spine when you read a title, because I have a toddler who I occasionally seek out a babysitter for. <laughs> and this title has scared me to the very, like, bottom of my soul. Oh, no! <laughs> I am definitely going to be reading this just to sort of uh, see how, like, how, how Liza deals with it. Or, like, how, like what, you know, just to hear the, the other side of the story. So, yeah, I, I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh, no, I hope I haven't put you off babysitters for life now. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, why don't you uh, what, go ahead and tell us what, what you've been reading recently. Yes. So uh, like I mentioned in the last episode, I finished A Lady's Guide to Mischief and Mayhem by Amanda Collins, uh, which is another historical mystery with romance. And it's about this Lady Catherine, who's a newspaper editor who is investigating the a couple of serial killings going on in her time and how she sort of unintentionally interferes with the work of Scotland Yard. Someone innocent is captured and the guilty person is still out loose committing murders. And it was fantastic. I would definitely recommend it to someone who is in the mood to do for a little bit of gritty murder but uh, and a little bit of romance, but nothing too extreme on either side. 
And then I am currently reading The Secrets We Kept by Laura Prescott. And it's so interesting. What got me interested in this book itself was this Crime Reads article I was reading about how women are taking back this spy narrative and doing fantastic things with it. For example, uh, and it was a roundtable discussion that they were having. And Lauren Wilkinson, the author of American Spy, was on there. Laura Prescott was on there. Uh, the author of Who is Vera Kelly was on there. And they were talking about how how they want to write stories about what a great area just like espionage in general is like where you where you where you don't know like where there's so much gray area about who's right who are you fighting for where does your li- loyalty lie so uh, that's what got me interested into this and then this is about like how they're trying to get a manuscript out of the Soviet Union on like to the other side so it can be published before it gets a chance to be uh, censored so i like it has like it has some literary aspects in it it has like female empowerment and again just uh, i so agree with that roundtable discussion i'm going to insert a link about it in the show notes about how these fantastic women are doing something so unique with this spy narrative so that's the secrets we kept by laura prescott Okay, so I actually managed to finish a book for this episode. So a few episodes ago, I mentioned that I had started reading These Women by Ivy Pachoda. And it it was one of those books I put down for a little bit, and then I picked it back up again, and then just tore through like the last two thirds of the book. And this is definitely a much more literary type of crime novel where the mystery is almost on the back burner, like it almost doesn't matter. The real focus of this story is on five different female characters in Los Angeles. And all of them are connected and you and you see how how they're connected and how their stories interact with each other. But it really looks at the LA sex workers and the sex industry and it looks at the ways in which the the justice system the the police investigations really fail these women who are part of the who are part of the sex industry whether that is by choice or because they have fa- really fallen into hard times or are struggling with addiction and it just paints a very realistic portrait of who these people are who the people are in their lives and at the the main story that's connecting all of them is that there is someone who is killing off sex workers. And the it looks at how the police are responding or not responding to these crimes and what these women have to do to keep themselves safe and to let themselves, you know, continue earning money and continue being able to have a place to live and express themselves. And it's just such a complex story. Like, the mystery really almost, like I said, it almost doesn't matter. Like, I kind of figured out, like, I figured out where the story was going, and I was like, okay, yeah, I think I know who did it. And I was right. But it doesn't matter, because you're just wrapped up in the stories of these very, these very different women. And it's, oh my gosh, it's so interesting, and is just so well done. So if you're looking for something that's, you know, that has, you know, a strong taste of that, like, kind of gritty crime thriller, but isn't just a straightforward mystery, this would be such a good book. I really, really enjoyed it. So again, that's These Women by Ivy Pachoda. 
And then, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I just started reading The Missing American by Quay Quarty, like, literally this afternoon. And so I'm, like, 20 pages into it. So I'm not able to give my impressions of the book yet, although I do find it very interesting, um, even though the story hasn't picked up. But real quickly, it takes place in Ghana, and the main character is Emma John, who is, she's 26, she is hoping to rise through the police ranks like her late father did, and that kind of all comes crashing down around her. And she ends up interviewing with a private detective agency, tracking down missing persons, thefts, infidelities, that kind of a thing. And so it's not what she had hoped for, but it's kind of her best option right now. So right now, she takes a case where a middle-aged widower in Washington, D.C. has found solace in an online community after his wife passes away, and he's met a young widow from Ghana that he really cares about. And when her sister allegedly gets into a car accident, he sends her thousands of dollars to cover the hospital bill. And then he runs off to Ghana to surprise this woman and then disappears. And so his son, Derek, hires Emma's agency to try and track down his father because he's he's pretty convinced that his father has, fell, has fallen for a very pricey and possibly murderous online scam. So the story is trying to track down this man in Ghana, see, is he alive? Is, you know, what's going on with this situation? And I, what I can tell you from just the first few pages that I've read, the country of Ghana and the city of Accra, it just comes alive around you. And already there's so much, there are political elements, there are cultural elements, you, you get so much from just reading a few pages. So I'm really excited to continue reading this one. And again, that is The Missing American by Quay Quarty. Yeah, uh, this, I feel like this series, is it's a very rewarding experience. Like You get a very holistic experience. You get, you get a bit of character insight, you get the whole landscape picture, you get like, it's it's a good build. Like, I, yeah, I'm excited for you to make your way through it. <laughs> And that is our show. Thanks so much for every, to everyone for listening. Thanks so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, for always making us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. Or just search bookriot on your podcast player of choice. If you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions or just want to say hi, you can reach us at redordebt at bookride.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Javed Nasra, that's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H, and find Katie on... I'm on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we'll talk to you all next time. Bye.